Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here with uh, my good friend, Justin Garcia. And it has been a while since we spoke. I was just checking our Twitter DMs where, we, uh, where I normally send through the invite to get the conversation started and get the meeting started. And I'd said the last time that we spoke was on March 10. That was in the middle of the Bucks road trip. Our main concerns were Giannis knee and the Bucks losing a few games in a row. I did not expect that the next time we spoke, I would be back home. Yeah, well, less than 24 hours later after we last spoke <laughs> is when the league got shut down. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a crazy day. And I didn't, like I said, I didn't expect that, that I would be back home so quickly. But we did make it through another weekend. I keep on uh, saying on here that it's just uh, week by week at the moment. Uh, you just got to try and get through the weekend, which isn't exciting as normal weekends, let's be honest, when, when your weekdays mostly... Uh, feel like a weekend except you can't leave the house anyway but uh, we have got to another Monday and what have you been because we haven't really caught up what have you been doing I know I know you're still working a little bit but how are you how are you keeping yourself occupied right now because it is it's strange I uh, I've been playing a lot of video games I've been trying to read more although I've only gotten through about half of one book so far and then uh, like the rest of the rest of the world just a lot of netflix yeah yeah it's true unfortunately the the internet in australia i think is really starting to struggle we have terrible internet over here and i think the the amount of demand for streaming services and everyone working at home and just everything that's happening right now things aren't going well so hopefully hopefully the audio from this podcast lasts because i did do uh, another podcast with my friend Benjamin Kadane from uh, NBA.com over the weekend. And we had to take four separate attempts to try and get this done with the Australian internet. So hopefully we go well here. Outside of, you know, any, any news that we saw from the NBA over the weekend, one thing that we did see, uh, you know, there was some tweets today from Mark Stein just in regards to the NBA restarting. We spoke about this a little bit with Frank. I, I think that it's becoming more clear if it wasn't, uh, to you already that this isn't going to be something that's going to start again really soon in, in terms of potential uh, social distancing rules and, and uh, regulations uh, staying in place to at least through the end of April. I think that there's no way that NBA teams are going to be able to get together and then practice and then get straight back into games in any shorter time than a month, I would say. So even right now, Best case scenario, which you know you would have to be extremely optimistic to believe this is going to happen. Uh, you're talking about the start of May, which you know I don't believe is possible. But the start of May, teams get back together, and then you are looking at that middle of of June as it is the absolute best case scenario. So we've we've still got a fair road ahead of us, obviously. Uh, I mean, let's even say they somehow things get better here, and we fall in line where there can be. A, resume the league sometime in June, we're all talking about playoffs and do you play any regular season games? You would have to think you need 
three to four weeks for players to get back into shape though. So that's going to push it even further out. Yeah, no question. I mean, uh, Frank and I did with one of the mailbag questions, talk about guys that, that might uh, come back, not in the best shape. I think it's going to be difficult for everyone to be in, in peak physical shape. Uh, some of those guys have pretty big houses, but you know, you think about guys like Nikola Jokic, perhaps enjoying some time off. A lot of the guys like you are playing video games and hanging out and, and probably understanding that this is going to be a long stretch and taking some time to, to maybe relax, which is completely not what they would have been planning on doing through March. But it is, it is just so weird. For me, I have found myself almost every day watching the, the NBA Live Together games because I spend so much time, as you do, as, as everyone, or a lot of people that listen to this podcast obviously will, watching sports, reading about sports, and it's, it's just weird. And the days are long. And it's hard to fill in time. So I, I have been watching these classic games. Uh, and, and I know you guys have been getting some Fox Sports Wisconsin coverage of, of previous games. You had the uh, game six against Philadelphia last week, which uh, is, is one of my favorite games to watch. Have you been catching up on any, any classic NBA at all? Or are you steering clear of that? No, I've, uh, I've watched a few of those that uh, Fox Sports Wisconsin has re-aired. I've gone through and watched a few um other ones on my own and i I watched i don't know why but i I rewatched game five from that series and you think you remember parts of it and then seeing that robinson jumper being closer than i remembered it made it even tougher to get over um we're doing something with um the radio station with the 94.5 espn and replaying some old games from the george carl era starting uh, sometime soon now so i went through and rewatched some of those games to give some context to it. And uh, earlier today I was watching game five of the Bucks and Celtics and you know, just looking at that building and seeing the people in the crowd and remembering everything that went into that day and remembering being there. It's, it's still just so bizarre now to see where we are now. Yeah. I actually got a Instagram memory uh, yesterday, which told me that it was two years to the day. And this feels like it feels like this two years is has at the time it feels like it's gone quickly, but now when I saw this, uh, it feels like it's been a long two years. But this was two years to the day from the first time that I was at a Bucks practice on the day, the first time I covered a Milwaukee Bucks game uh, with media credentials, which was back in uh, obviously 2018 on the Western West Coast road trip. The Bucks were playing the Clippers, so I covered the Bucks uh, versus the Clippers at Stable Center, and then. I went to Oracle Arena and covered uh, the Bucks against the Warriors. And yeah, it is. It's just super strange. Like I said, three weeks ago, it was the norm for us to just be going to practice, going to the Bucks games, and same with all the fans getting together and just being around people. And it feels like it's been such a long three-week stretch here since that was the norm. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beers while you catch up on some old games, sometimes you just need what you need to be delivered fast, and that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery deliveries and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night fast food runs. I didn't even have to worry about where to go to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android 
Find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. So I was reading some stuff over the last few weeks and people are now uh, starting to, again, uh, put in their, their debates, I guess, for the end of season awards. And we don't know as we keep talking about whether uh, the season is going to resume. So uh, I think that it's, it's a good time to, to discuss the awards. And we saw the ESPN story where uh, they had a bunch of media members, I think it was 70 all up, that voted on, on the MVP or gave their uh, vote for who would who would get their choice if, if the voting was to happen today. And I think uh, Giannis got 60 out of the 70 votes. And I don't think that should be a surprise to anyone. We debated the MVP a lot, particularly leading up to that game against the Lakers. I, I don't think that there was much of a, a debate there. I think it was all fabricated as we spoke about the fact the game was on ESPN and it was good for ratings to pump up that weekend for the Lakers. The fact that they had the Bucks and then the Clippers, the fact that they won both of those games certainly built the momentum, but then, uh, you know, the, the, the way that the season quickly came to a halt sort of overshadowed all that. I think that it, you know, the way things were trending based on the entire regular season, Giannis was, was very clearly the MVP, but the interesting thing uh, that, that we can discuss is all NBA teams, because I did do another podcast uh, over the weekend, and 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 in that in that pod, I uh, we did predict our three All NBA teams, and I think the third team All NBA is where things get interesting, particularly when it comes to Chris Milton, because I think that he was going to find himself in a four way battle for two spots, and I think the players that were in the debate there were Chris Milton, Jason Tatum, Pascal Siakam, and Jimmy Butler. I had Chris Milton in my uh, third team. I think. Uh, if voting was to happen, I think that he would get in there. But uh, that's that's going to be uh, tough. It's going to be tough to get one of those final spots, particularly with uh, the way that someone like Jason Tatum was was starting to play through February and into March. Um, yeah, I mean, it, in a way, it's almost as similar as the LeBron and Giannis argument where the entire body of work for Chris is better. But Jason Tatum had that month of February where – he was the player of the month, and he averaged, what, 30 points a game, and everything that he did coming on in that month kind of narrowed the gap. But I would still take Chris Middleton if we're looking at the total body of work, and it's you know no different than the MVP debate where, you know, not to make light of it, but the NBA season pausing probably helps Giannis with the voting for MVP because it kind of stalled the momentum of LeBron. Had you know LeBron continued to play and the Lakers continued to win and he do that, then it becomes a conversation. But now with this stopped, you look back at the total body of work, and it's the same for Chris. And you say if we look at the season as a whole and we look at the per game, the per 36, whatever metrics, their numbers are just better. Yeah, no question. I think that the, the interesting numbers to look at with Chris Middleton, because I do think that there's some argument to say that um, Tatum certainly transformed into being the number one option on the Celtics team. Uh, this came amidst a, a period where Kemba Walker missed a, a stretch of games. But uh, the numbers for Chris Melton, I mean, you look at him as a number one option this year when Giannis did not play. Uh, the Bucks were 5-2 and two in those games. And Milton averaged 29.1 points, 6.6 rebounds, 5.4 uh, assists. 
including the 50-point game that he had against Washington. It's fair to say this year, and this has been something we've seen over multiple seasons now, but when Giannis isn't there and Chris is asked to, to get the job done and be the number one option, uh, he was more than standing up this year. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I was going to... I was going to say, I think it was around 30 points a game that he was averaging in those. And the funny thing is you look back to the first, what, four games that Giannis missed where the guy we were talking about the most was Ursan, who was putting up the big numbers, getting the starts for him. Um, But, you know, this, the overall season for Chris has, um, I'm trying to think of what to compare it to because there was a lot of eyeballs on him over the summer with the contract and the whole debate that we, you know, beat to death over what is a number two exactly. And, whether or not, you know, what is Chris Middleton worth? And, and all of that that we went through for months last season and over the summer, for him to sign that deal and come forward and, you know, play over the summer with Team USA as well, and then to come into this season and have his best season yet is, um, you know, certainly very telling of the type of guy that Chris Middleton is. But, you know, this is one of those seasons that you know, will point to Giannis and you compare that to what Kareem did. Uh, but seasons like this, where Chris just came in and I think still exceeded expectations, it's one of the best seasons we've seen by a buck, certainly in recent memory. And it's it's probably in the top 15 or 20 seasons, maybe even 10 seasons, individual performances in franchise history. Yeah, so the interesting thing with Milton is if, if I could have had one criticism of him over the years, it's been that when he is going through a cold stretch or, or having a rough night, uh, he's a guy that at times would shy away from from wanting to take the shot or, or his aggressiveness would um, go down big time. I think that that's changed this season. And I think that this has been huge uh, for him. I think this is part of the, the Mike Budenholzer effect of empowering his players and, and making them feel okay about failing. And this is what Bud says all the time. The one game that I always think back to when I consider this was the Brook Lopez game where, was he 0 for 12 from three? I, I think he was. Yeah. And after the game, Bud was still so positive about the fact that he was taking those shots, remaining aggressive, remaining confident. And I think that that's definitely uh, shown in, in Middleton in his game this season. As you pointed to, I mean, he comes into the year with virtually everyone saying that he's overpaid, he didn't deserve the contract, he's not that type of player. And now he's put together these numbers. That the stat that I always, always point to, 50, 40, 90, with 20-plus points per game, Larry Bird, Dirk, Steph, and KD, the only guys that have done that. Uh, I mean, you, you just have to mention that stat to understand how uh, awesome he has been this year. And I think that we saw, you know, sadly, the last time we saw Middleton, we saw the maybe the best example of this because he really hasn't gone through a cold stretch all year. But uh, he struggled against the Lakers. He comes into this Phoenix game, and I think he missed his first six shots, first six or seven shots. Yeah. Uh, and and I know I was, I think I tweeted that, you know, the, the slump is here officially. Middleton is going through his first shooting slump of the season. That was about halfway through the first quarter. He ended up having a, a monster first quarter. I think he had 16 points or, or something like that and uh, finished with 39 points for the game and hardly missed a shot. I mean, um, you know, as I said, unfortunately, that ended up being the last game that he's played uh, to this point as the season suspended. But for me, walking away from that game, even though the Bucks lost, uh, they didn't have Giannis, and this was, again, another example of Middleton going through a rough patch, playing through that, and, and still being able to put together a, a huge game, work on his shot, and work through the struggles that he was at. Yeah, I, I mean, the shame of it is the, the slump that he went through in what, two of the final three games of the season, 
at this point, you would have to be very surprised if we have any regular season games played again if the yeah. if the league resumes. That slump is probably it's technically going to cost him a fifty forty ninety. As I think he's at forty nine point nine percent from the field now. Yeah, yeah, and 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 look, some of the other numbers for Milton this season, just to uh, sort of explain how good he's been: fifty two point three percent on the mid range from the corners from three. He has been just absolutely automatic: fifty nine point one percent from the left corner, forty eight point one percent from the right corner. Uh, we know he's over forty percent overall, and perhaps, yeah, honestly. One of, the, one of the prettiest shots to watch in the game right now has been the Chris Middleton turnaround fadeaway. Uh, he gets in that mid-range. He's so tall and so long for a guy uh, at, at his position that quite often he gets the mismatch. I don't know if there's a, there's a player in the league that will hunt out the mismatch quite as well as Chris Middleton does. But 58.5% on those turnaround fadeaway shots uh, he is uh, unbelievable in the mid-range, and it's really, honestly, beautiful to watch. Uh, and as soon as he gets the ball in there, it got to the point where you just assume that it's going down. Yeah, and I think the two takeaways we've seen are, if you look at Chris's season, we've seen more give and take with him and, and Bud, where the mid-range shots that you talked about, it's been there a lot more this season than we saw last year. Um, and I, you know, I think you and I have talked about this before, I just keep going back to the acquisition of Wesley Matthews and how much did that change things for Chris where he no longer had to be the primary wing defender that Wesley Matthews has taken on more of those assignments that, you know, has that lended to the offensive outburst we've seen from Middleton. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a big factor. I know that um, for a lot of people and, and it may be so, but I, I know for a lot of people that last year, the, the excuse or the, I don't want to say excuse, but some of the reasoning for, Chris Milton looking so fatigued in that Eastern Conference Finals could be pointed to the fact that he was defending Kawhi on the other end. And we know that Malcolm Brogdon also got that job in during significant stretches. But Milton was the first option, the primary defender on Kawhi Leonard. And it looked like it took a toll. Now, uh, you would love a guy to be able to take the, a player like Kawhi defensively and still contribute to the full extent offensively. But I think that the the point you make is great. Wesley Matthews with some of the defensive matchups he's had this year with Harden, with LeBron, uh, Kawhi as well. I, I think that it has taken a load off for Middleton uh, defensively. And just just to your point in terms of um, you know Bud allowing Chris to play within himself a little bit more to get to his spots and not not uh, be so stringent in hey uh, get in the blue boxes, get out, space uh, five out as the Bucks were were so intent on doing at the start of the year last year. Chris Middleton, so far this season, 266 field goal attempts from the mid-range. Last year, 248 total. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I want to say there was a stretch of maybe three games in a row where the Bucks, as a team had 20 or more points in the mid-range, which if you, if you look back to last year and just how much they avoided that at all costs, they basically had social distancing at the mid-range shot. <laughs> uh, if I would have told you, hey, those points will raise, you would have thought I was crazy. So Middleton, a two-time All-Star now. Uh, if 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 I was doing a ballot for All NBA, uh, I had Middleton in my third team. I also had Pascal Siakam in there. I think that the the leap that he's made right from the start of the season, and certainly uh, for him, there's been injuries involved there, and it has looked like uh, perhaps being that number one option was starting to take its toll a little bit. Certainly took a hit efficiency-wise, which. Um, yeah, we spoke endlessly about the, the effect that that's had on Malcolm Brogdon as well. That's a real thing. I mean, he, it's, it's a big jump to be able to go from that 
uh, number two or three option to being the primary guy. But I think Siakam overall, what he does, what he does defensively, uh, I had him in there with Middleton. And, and you know, at the end of the day, uh, the Bucks maybe weren't heading for 70 wins, but they were still clearly the number one record in the league, three games clear of the Lakers with uh, around 16, 17 games to go. So they were likely going to be able to hold on to that, uh, the number one seed and, and have home court right through the entirety of the playoffs, um, particularly with a home heavy schedule that they had uh, through March, which you know is something that's overlooked a little bit, how difficult the, the road record or the road schedule was through February around the All-Star break. So look, they're about to come into a good patch. And I, I think that um, you have a guy like Middleton putting up the numbers that he was uh, on the best team in the league. I, I think that, that uh, warrants another All-NBA selection. I, I think that in some ways, it's it's really sad that, that maybe this, you know, depending on what happens, might be overlooked because uh, with all the things you pointed to, the fact that he just got the contract, uh, the fact that the Bucks uh, last year came off this 60-win season and have gone to another level on the back of their two best players, Giannis and Chris, taking another step up, I think that uh, he's he's finally starting to get all the credit he deserves. Yeah, and you know you look back at at this season, and who knows what happens going forward. But last year we talked about so much, just uh, you know looking through the last two decades of basketball and what this fan base had experienced, and seeing finally getting the sixty wins, and trying to caution people: don't take this for granted. These types of seasons don't come around all that often. And yeah, this season has been even better so far, where, again, you have two All-Stars. You probably have two All-NBA players. Uh, you could, again, make a case, especially if they would have, and obviously the three-game streak kind of ended that, but if they would have pushed for 70, you could, again, make a case for uh, Coach Budenholzer as the coach of the year and for Chris to come into uh, his own and go up in, uh, another level, as we talked about, uh, this season was after spending time saying, "Hey, sixty wins doesn't happen a lot." They were going to go. They were going to blow past sixty wins, which just makes it even more uh, harder to believe and even more difficult to uh, absorb everything that's happened the last three weeks now. So, as you pointed to, potentially uh, another pretty lucrative night for the Bucks on, on NBA Awards night. That uh, you know, whenever that happens, we don't know, but the Bucks are certainly going to be in line for a number of those. Uh, awards and and Chris Middleton as an All NBA player, it's it's got a nice ring to it uh, for me. But I, I just thought, you know, we I know I remember we did the the Dante Appreciation podcast that uh, seemed to be pretty well received. But Chris Middleton, I think, is a guy that um, yeah, with most Bucks fans, uh, certainly I think somewhat uh, justified the the criticism of him and the contract in the past. I've always been a Milton guy. I thought that uh, he was going to be a guy that was going to live up to uh, whatever deal he got, and he was critical. It was critical that the Bucks were able to to keep him on the roster. But I, it's certainly been an enjoyable part of this season to see him drag some of those uh, critics uh, on his side and, and prove that he is a, a genuine All Star player, uh, probably top twenty in the league, top twenty, top twenty five uh, at this point. And if he does become All NBA, that's the top fifteen player in the league this season. So. Uh, it, it's been incredible to watch him play and we, we certainly have our fingers crossed that we'll get to see him finish the job with the Bucks this year. But Justin, I, like I said, it's been a few weeks. I, th- I was hoping that we were going to be having many more games to talk about through this period, but it's been fun to catch up with you. I, I don't know 
Uh, it's already Monday afternoon here, but I, I don't know what you have planned for the rest of your weekend over there, but uh, I appreciate you jumping on. Uh, nothing. Like the rest of us, I had nothing <laughs> planned. So, uh, yeah, good to catch I can't believe it's been three weeks already, or essentially three weeks, but, uh, yeah, it's good to catch up. All right, so as always, we'll be back tomorrow. Frank is back. He is uh, going to finish the mailbag with me. It has been a lot of fun for us. I also have a special guest that I'm recording with tomorrow. That podcast is going to uh, be dropped at some stage through this week. It's going to be a voice that absolutely everyone, uh, particularly in Wisconsin, is, is very familiar with. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, outside of this podcast, make sure you check out the Hollinger and Duncan podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. They're throwing out a new episode once a week through the hiatus, so keep in touch with that one. But outside of that, like I said, we'll be back tomorrow. So for Justin Garcia and myself, Kane Pittman, we'll speak to you guys then.